You are listening to the Open Minded Podcast with your host, Lucas Mariscal. This podcast is brought to you by Pacific Northwest Products, unique products for unique individuals. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Lucas Mariscal. And today we're going to cover some very important topics about, you know, kind of like the round two of uh, of what we were talking about last time about the cartel and, and, uh, you know, our government's involvement in in the whole thing, right? So the way it works, it's like, uh, you know... There was an investigation back in, uh, I don't remember, I think it was 2014, uh, by, by El uh, Universal. And they found that between the years 2000 and 2012, the U.S. government had an arrangement with Mexico's Sinaloa drug cartel. It allowed the organization to smuggle billions of dollars of drugs while Sinaloa provided information on rival cartels, right? Sinaloa it was led by uh, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman at the time. He was supplying 80% of the drugs entering the Chicago area and had a presence in cities across the U.S. Uh, there, have been, there, there have long been allegations that Guzman was considered to be the world's most powerful drug trafficker and uh, coordinates with, uh, he was coordinating with the American authorities. But the El Universal investigation is the first to publish court documents that include corroborating testimony from a DEA agent and a Justice Department official. Uh, The written statements were made to the U.S. District Court in Chicago in relation to the arrest of Jesus or Jesus Vicente Zambada Niebla, the son of the Sinaloa leader Ismael El Mayo Zambada, and allegedly the Sinaloa Cartel's logistics coordinator. Here's what the DEA agent Manuel Castanon told the Chicago court, and I quote, On March 17, 2009, I met for approximately 30 minutes in a hotel room in Mexico City with Vincente Zambada Niebla and two other individuals, DEA agent David Harad and a cooperating source, um, Sinaloa lawyer, Loya Castro, with whom I had worked since 2005, I did all of the talking on behalf of the DEA. So a few hours later, Mexican Marines arrested Zambada Niebla on charges of trafficking more than a billion dollars in cocaine and heroin. Castanen and three other agents uh, then visited Zambada Niebla in prison where the Sinaloa officer, and I quote, reiterated his desire to cooperate, according to Castanon. El Universal, citing court documents, reports that the DEA agents met with high Sinaloa officials and, um, you know, they had a lot a lot going on with these people. So after after the they met with the Sinaloa lawyer, um, you know, the, the U.S. would dismiss its case against the Sinaloa lawyer and refrain from uh, interfering uh, with Sinaloa drug trafficking activities or actively uh, prosecuting Sinaloa leadership so uh, the agents they stated that this arrangement had been approved by high-ranking officials and federal prosecutors Zambada Niebla uh, the lawyer wrote after being extradited to Chicago in February 2010 Zambada Niebla argued that he was also immune from arrest or prosecution so these guys are getting big heads over this and because uh, he actively provided information to the U.S. federal governments, they had no problem like turning a blind eye to what he was doing. Zambada Niebla also alleged that Operation Fast and Furious was part of an agreement to finance and arm the cartel in exchange for information used to take down its rivals. Now, if this is true, that that raises the issue regarding what the Attorney General Eric Holder had said. He knew about the gun running arrangements, right? And... Um, there's been a countless numerous times where there's been u.s involvement in stuff like this you know like the the cia plane that crashed then that's full of cocaine like uh come on now i mean i know the cia is trying to stay on top of shit but they they come out now it's a lot of cocaine 
A Mexican Foreign Service uh, officer told uh, Stratford in April 2010 that the U.S. seemed to have sided with the Sinaloa cartel in an attempt to limit the violence in Mexico. Now, I know we did an arc, uh, a cartel episode uh, this last week, and this is this is kind of a spinoff off of that. But I think it's when if you if you listen to it a little bit more, you're going to understand exactly why I'm doing this this time around. So. Um, El Universal reported that the uh, coordination between the U.S. and Sinaloa, as well as other cartels, they peaked between 2006 and 2012, which is when drug traffickers uh, consolidated their grip on Mexico. The paper uh, concluded by saying that it is unclear whether the arrangements continue, right? This is back, for, like I said, 2014. And the DEA and other U.S. agencies declined to comment at the time to the, the paper El Universal and this post, the post had caused many to interpret that the U.S. government is actively supporting Sinaloa, but then they, they kind of retracted and then they added that that, that hadn't been established despite the claims, you know, by Zambada Niebla's lawyer and Stratford's source. What El Universal's investigation and the newly published court documents reveal is that there was a strong correlation from 2005 and 2009 between the rise of the Sinaloa cartel and the DEA's relatively regular contact with the top Sinaloa lawyer. So, coincidence or what? But when you think about it, right, you know, the Taliban controlled uh, or contested 46% of the districts in Afghanistan's civil war. That was enough justification for, uh, for us to keep our military perpetually engaged there in combat. Right. Um, what if you were told that 80 percent of Mexico's territory is controlled by dangerous cartels, including all of the key smuggling routes at our border and that the cartels are orchestrating all of the illegal immigration into our territory and bringing their members back and forth across our own border? Several weeks ago, the Mexican investigative journal uh, Contralinea posted a map of Mexico prepared by the government of President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, showing that 80% of the country's 266 districts recently targeted for enforcement by the Mexican National Guard in a new counter-cartel operation that's either controlled 57.5% or disputed 23.3% by the cartels. Only 53 enjoy a low level of violence which means that control is, is exercised by the authorities that's what somebody reported right citing the data on the color-coded map as you see uh, mexico looks awfully similar to afghanistan in terms of how much is controlled by insurgent groups the map of mexico shows the districts um in red fully controlled by the cartels the ones in yellow they dispute the and the ones in green in control of the mexican government they all represent priority enforcement areas for a new Mexico Mexican National Guard operation against the cartels proposed by the AMLO regiment. It's important to note that according to Jason Jones, right, retired captain of Texas Department of Public Safety, Intelligence, and Counterterrorism Division, that was a lot. <laughs> the priority areas color-coded on the map are mainly the areas where people live, and the ones left out are simply not a priority. Not because the cartels don't control most of those areas, but because there's a little infrastructure or population in those areas, right? So, for example, if the areas color-coded uh, at the border uh, are all the cities where people live, such as Tijuana or uh, Mexicali, San Luis, Nogales, Juarez, Piedras Negras, Laredo, you know, Miguel El Alimen. Um, and notice how every one of them is controlled by the cartels. All of the major smuggling areas leaning into California, Nogales, Arizona, El Paso, Texas, and the Rio Grande Valley of Texas are fully controlled by the cartels. The other areas are deserts and with few people and no infrastructure. So they weren't a priority for the Mexican government's campaign. But they, they still affect our security. Because the cartels are sending large flows of migrants in areas like Antelope Wells, New Mexico, which are absolutely controlled by the Sinaloa cartel. Thus, we now see from an internal document of the Mexican uh, government an admission that Mexico has essentially lost control over every important populated area in Mexico outside of Mexico City and a few others, and particularly 
the most sensitive areas of the U.S.-Mexican border. Right? Has anybody really thought about that? I'm pretty sure no one has. So why do we not have Special Operations Command engaged in protecting our border from the cartels? Unlike the Taliban, the cartel op operatives come over our border all of the time. Why does the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Defense, and the State Department refuse to recognize the border issue as a military problem and agree to target cartels as terrorists? Because that's exactly what they are. They're terrorists. If the Taliban were orchestrating a flow of mass migration across parts of Afghani-controlled territory, strategically shutting down our security and profiting from it, we would instantly take military action. Why? When Mexican cartels are placing our own country in mortal danger every fucking day. Why is that not reason enough to treat this as a military threat instead of an immigration issue? What, what is amazing is that the Border Patrol and the National Guard are ordered not to engage the cartels and armed smugglers at all. And they can't even grab them, any of them, even a few feet over our border for concern of violating Mexico's sovereignty. We won't even fight back when they detain and disarm our regular military units in our own side of the river. Yet we now see that the Mexican government itself admits it, that it has no sovereignty over that area. That why should we allow our, our sovereignty to be trampled by cartel figures going back and forth with impunity when uh, fighting them won't even violate Mexican sovereignty and will actually help it? So our government is fully aware of this dynamic. They're not stupid, right? And this, the, map, the map that they have of control was sent out by a federal agency to Border Patrol in a daily intelligence briefing and uh, someone obtained the copy of the briefing from a Border Patrol agent who must remain anonymous, of course, because he is not authorized to speak to the press. And while the relevant government agencies refuse to recognize the border has an insurgency conflict rather than simply an immigration issue, it remains a mystery. So we can sit here and say that illegals are coming across the border. But they're not telling you that terrorists are coming across the border. Like, it ain't shit. So, you're over here worried about people from fucking Afghanistan coming all the way over here and supposedly learning how to fly planes and all this bullshit and, and, and causing terrorist acts. And we got fucking terrorists inside Mexico, right at the border, right there. Like, right? You know how you, you guys watch the news. You know how easy it is to get here into America. I'll give you an example. I went out there one time. And um, I went out there with my ex-wife and her cousins and stuff. And we were, uh, I think it was like San Luis, Arizona. And we crossed over to the border. And uh, there was like this huge fight that broke out. And while this fight's going on, um, I ended up somehow getting lost because I didn't want to be a part of that fucking fight. Because I'm not trying to go to jail in Mexico because I don't know what the fuck's going on, right? Doesn't matter if I'm Mexican. It's like they don't seem to like people from America. Period. Right. So I'm over there and um, I'm like trying to figure out what the hell I'm gonna do. So what I ended up doing was um, I ended up um, jumping over the fence by the right by the fucking border. I jumped over this big old fence, the wall, whatever the fuck that gate is. Because I saw somebody that I knew and I figured I can get a ride with these guys, you know. So I just jumped that shit like nothing. No one told me shit. No one stopped me. No one even noticed that I had done that. And I jumped into this truck. And then we got to the border and they were like, you know, asking us, you know, where are you coming from? American, not say American citizen, all that bullshit. Where were you born? I'm an American citizen, sir. <laughs> all right. You're good to go. And this was like right around the time of 9-11. So I'm over here jumping this fence like it wasn't shit. And no one stopped me, man. But that's what I'm telling you. It's it's easy. It's easy to come over. Um, but we have to we have to figure that shit out, man. We have to figure it out because it's not that's not <laughs> that's not gonna work. You know what I mean? That we have all these these people. I mean, fuck, man. If any country wanted to smuggle people into this into our country to fuck us over, 
I mean, Mexico's your best bet. So why we aren't trying to help them? Why aren't we trying to stop the cartel? Why aren't we fucking stomping shit over there? Like we do everywhere else because we got our noses up in everybody's shit all the time except for Mexico. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. And after this break, we're going to discuss it a little further. I'm your host, Lucas Mariscal, and today we're going to put it down. You are listening to The Open-Minded Podcast with your host, Lucas Mariscal. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name is Lucas Mariscal. I'm your host of the Open-Minded Podcast, where we tend to try to explore different avenues and aspects of life and try to enrich yours by sharing with you. Um, Back to what we were talking about. We're going on about this problem that we have at the border with, uh, you know, those terrorist uh, groups uh, called the cartel and um, wondering why no one was uh, doing anything about it for that matter. So it was, I think it was Representative uh, Chip Roy, a Republican from Texas, and uh, Mark Green, a Republican from Tennessee, who had asked the president to designate the cartels as terrorists uh, earlier in the year. Uh, This move would open up new resources to target the cartels and to treat all of our border policies in a much different light than simply, you know, this this whole uh, domestic immigration uh, problem so yet the state department continues to to, to like make a big deal about it right <clears throat> like they don't want to do it the cartels have long passed the stage of simply profiting from drugs they are international organizations that are engaged in endless criminality most prominently human smuggling but they seek to control territory and terrorize populations as well Mexican drug cartels, they seek to replace local governments by imposing their own law. The Mexican cartel culture is similar to the ideology of ISIS and Al-Qaeda in the sense that they seek to intimidate or coerce a civilian population to influence the policy of a government by intimidation or coercion or to affect the conduct of a government by mass destruction, assassination, or kidnapping, which is the definition of international terrorism defined under 18 U.S.C. 2331. So, the day we solve our sovereignty issue will be the day our government finally prioritizes the security of America the way it prioritizes the security of the Afghani government. So that that will that won't happen until we take our sovereignty as serious as we do the sovereignty of the Mexican government's uh, ever diminishing control over a handful of cities. So let's talk about what a terrorist terrorist is as far as the law here in the United States is concerned. So under uh, 18 USC chapter 113B Terrorism from Title 18, which is uh, Crimes and Criminal Procedure, uh, Part 1, Crimes, uh, says uh, the term domestic, this is, oh, this is, they they added this, so, the term domestic terrorism means uh, activities that involve acts dangerous to human life that are a violation of the criminal laws of the United States or of any state. Uh, They appear to be intended uh, to intimidate or coerce a civilian population to influence the policy of a government by intimidation or coercion or to affect the conduct of a government by mass destruction, assassination or kidnapping and occur primarily within the territorial jurisdiction of the United States. Now, that's domestic terrorism, which was which was added. But the original one, it states um at them as international terrorists because they come from a different land so the definition of domestic terrorism is is broad it's been and when i say that 
I mean, I, I don't I don't say that lightly, man, because uh, it's it's enough to encompass the activities of several prominent activist campaigns and organizations. So like uh, ACLU uh, had wrote this where they said that Greenpeace, uh, Operation Rescue, uh, Vicas Island and WTO protesters and the Environmental uh, Liberation Front have all recently engaged in activities that could subject them to being investigated as engaging in domestic terrorism. So it's 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 that broad. I mean, one recent example is is uh, the Vicus Island protests, right? When many people, including several prominent Americans, participated in civil disobedience on a military installation where the United States government has been engaging in regular military exercises, which these protesters oppose. The protesters illegally entered the military base and tried to obstruct the bombing exercises. Now, this conduct would fall within the definition of domestic terrorism because uh, the protesters broke federal law by unlawfully entering the airbase and their acts were for the purpose of influencing a government policy by intimidation or coercion. The act of trying to disrupt bombing exercises arguably uh, created a danger to human life, their own, of course, and those of military personnel. Using this hypothetical as a, as a starting point is, uh, you know, we'll go through the usa patriot act a little bit and explore the, the new governmental powers that could be brought to bear on you know on vicus island protesters whose conduct falls within uh, the overbroad overbroad definition of domestic terrorism it's like with domestic terrorism they can uh, seizure of do seizure of assets which is in section 806 and which is uh section 806 of the act could result in the civil seizure of their assets without a prior hearing and without them ever being convicted of a crime, it is by far the most significant change of which political organizations need to be aware because uh, Section 806 amended the civil asset forfeiture statute to uh, authorize the government to seize and forfeit all assets, foreign or domestic, of any individual, entity, or organization engaged in planning or per perpetrating any act of uh, domestic or international terrorism against the United States or their property and all their assets, foreign or domestic, affording any person a source of influence over uh, any such entity, an organization, or acquired or maintained by any person with the intent and for the purpose of supporting, planning, conducting, or concealing an act of terror domestic or international terrorism against the United States, citizens or residents of the United States or their property or derived from, involved in, or used or intended to be used to commit any act of domestic or international terrorism against the United States, citizens or residents of the United States or their property. So this language is broad enough to authorize the government to seize any assets, assets of any individuals involved in the Vicas Island protest or of any organization supporting the protests of which the person is a member or from any individuals who were supporting the protesters in any way, shape or form. So it's possible the supporters of the protesters could include uh, student organizations that sponsored the participation in the, in the demonstration or the Rainbow Push Coalition, the Reverend Sharpton's National Action Network and religious or community organizations that provided housing or food to the protesters, right? So it gets tricky right that's how it's just really really tricky and uh, you know i want you to bear in mind what i all that i just read about the patriot act because uh, next week's show i'm going to tackle that that whole thing about the patriot act but um you know for 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 all the demands from uh talking heads that the u.s deploy military personnel to police tribal disputes along the borders of turkey iraq and syria the real border crisis facing the U.S. is happening in our own backyard. Fact is, the situation in Mexico poses a far greater threat to American security. Our, our southern neighbor is rapidly becoming a narco state run by cartel drug lords. And no one is doing a fucking thing about it. We just keep ignoring it, you know, and it, it's it doesn't make any sense. Like, did, did, didn't anybody ever sit back and wonder why the fuck so many people are coming over here to the United States? from mexico like we do what is it we're not that great you know what i mean per se half the fucking people here can't even afford to pay rent because they don't get paid enough um almost 75 percent people are having to have roommates in order to, to to survive and 
you know, I'm pretty sure uh, everybody struggles out there unless you're in the, you know, upper regions when it comes to money and stuff like that. But I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, of course, why, why are people coming over here? I don't know. Man, maybe there's some real shit going on. Here, you know, that what would make a bunch of people leave a country, their home country where they were fucking raised and lived all their life? What, what would make a bunch of people do that, right? Something catastrophic, like the cartel killing thousands of motherfuckers for the fuck of it every year. I mean, that makes sense to me. But a few months, uh, a few months back, uh, was a few when the uh, those nine Americans, uh, including the six children, were ambushed and murdered in the Mexican border in the state of Sonora. Remember, the Mexican news uh, reporter said had said that uh, it had it had the hallmarks of an organized crime attack, and that month where the cartel paramilitary uh, force faced down Mexico's own army following the arrest of Ovidio Guzman, a you know a son of El Chapo, the notorious Sinaloa cartel kingpin. He was convicted in a U.S. federal court and sentenced to life in prison. On, and uh, minutes after Guzman was captured, the Sinaloa cartel declared war and demanded his release. Less than four hours after the arrest, the government forces surrendered. And uh, Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador uh, nonetheless declared afterward that his administration was doing really well with our strategy, he had said to counter uh, cartel influence. And uh, I think they gave him a leg to stand on. So minutes after Guzman was captured, the Sinaloa, um, the Sinaloa cartel, uh, they, they were just going ballistic all up and down the streets, like showing their force and their might. You know, and there was um, the violence throughout Mexico. I mean, you gotta think about it. Violence throughout Mexico makes Chicago look like Stepford in comparison. And you guys know about Chirac, right? Where these kids are out there killing each other, man, for stupid shit. I mean, there's all, nothing but murders in that place. And uh, people are out there just living that life. It doesn't make any fucking sense. So, like I said, why are people coming over here? We're not that great, right? We can't even stop shit like that, you know? You worry about, you know, these people that can get guns, you know, legally when you got a fucking thousand people that can get them illegally. So what the fuck do your laws make sense for? They don't make any sense. So all I'm saying is that we have a greater threat to our national security right there on the cusp of the fucking border, like right there. And there's a lot of room to fucking cover so you know if, if mexico was just decide one day to say you know what fuck the united states they're always putting us down and making us feel like shit and all up in our fucking business fuck them we're not doing shit right <clears throat> you're really not gonna stop terrorists from coming across the border so it's like it doesn't make any sense that look at like in 2007 nearly 275,000 people had been murdered in 2018 alone that number exceeded 33,000 assassinations of government officials they hit a record high according to the justice in Mexico which tracks violence there journalists uh, who report unfavorably on cartel activities are regularly targeted for death none of this happens in a vacuum which is why the failure of the Mexican government to deal with narco violence and the international drug trade that fuels it threatens our, our our own national security for sure. I mean, you think about the, you look around and see a bunch of new all these drug drug addicts now and all these fucking new drugs, these synthetic drugs that they're making. I mean, I mean, where do you think that shit comes from? You know, American deaths from overdoses on synthetic opioids like fentanyl they've skyrocketed over the last decade. Why do you think that is? Although the initial injection of fentanyl into the U.S. bloodstream came from China uh, via the U.S. postal system, uh, officials now say that the majority of lab-created opioids uh, smuggled into America, they come through Mexico. And uh, the result has been an overdose epidemic that has destroyed lives and uh, upended small communities and left countless uh, individuals hopelessly addicted to a 
drug 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. So in short, the collapse of Mexico doesn't just endanger its own people. It also threatens the sovereignty and security of the United States. As the violence, addiction, and economic woes caused by the cartels refused to remain within the borders of Latin America. So when this when it hits the fan and shit starts spilling over here to us, we're going to be in some deep shit because if the Mexican government can contain these guys, right? Cuz they're obviously they have a lot of fucking shit. Where do they get these guns from and shit, right? What's going to stop them from coming over here and starting to fuck shit up? <laughs> what are they going to do? We're going to have National Guard at our border 24-7 Because we can't control our borders That's why they should have stopped it a long time ago Anyway, I'm going to take another break And uh, we'll continue this conversation When I come back This is Open Minded And I'm your host, Lucas Mariscal You are listening to the Open Minded Podcast With your host, Lucas Mariscal. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Lucas Mariscal. And we're going on about the, um, the trouble that we have at the Mexican border, which is obviously a problem. If um, we keep continuing to ignore it, we're going to have we have some detrimental, you know, consequences. So it's like we, we definitely need, you know, beefed up barriers along the U.S.-Mexico border because those are indisputably necessary. And a nation that won't defend its own borders will eventually cease to be a nation. That's just where it's at. But walls by themselves aren't enough. So we need to, to man that border. And uh, how do you do that? Do you form a whole new entity? Um, or what do you do? You know, it's funny is that when I was when I was 15 years old, I had a dream that I was walking on a border and on the border there was this concrete wall. And um, I don't know why, but I felt like some something was coming looking for me. So somehow I managed to climb on top of this wall and I was hiding in one of the towers. And I realized that, um, I don't know, it just gave me a, a sensation that I was at the Mexican border and... When I looked over to see who it was that was looking for me, I saw a bunch of police officers dressed all in black, like riot gear. And on their chest, it said United States Police Force. And here we are years, years, years later. And uh, we got somebody that's trying to build a wall, you know, Trump. And they weren't able to do it, right? Because nobody was backing them up. And when you think about it, now with this thing with the cartel they're trying to get mexico to to go after the cartel so what is he going to do the cartel's going to get very violent because that's what they do and they're going to start to shoot at random people and take hostages and eventually it's going to spill over into our border especially with the united states getting involved so now they've let the cartel grow about 86 percent that it, you know according to that map it's 86 percent that the cartel controls you try to take away that control, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to start fighting back, and eventually it's going to start killing more and more, uh, you know, U.S. citizens. And that's going to be enough of an excuse for us to finally build that wall, isn't it? I mean, it's not like it's not needed, but I think that they could have gone about it a different way. But since they can't get people to justify the means for the wall they have to do something drastic which is uh, poke the bear so that way the bear can fight back and then we can say you see I told you we needed a wall and next thing you know everybody's backing it people from America are screaming especially think about it they killed they killed those people across the border for no reason at all for no no reason they just killed a bunch of Mormons for no reason at all you know, I, I just I kind of, I don't understand it in a sense where the majority of the people that they killed, what a coincidence, they were children. Because what outrages people the most? 
when they kill children. So when you can't get people to listen, sometimes you got to go to, to drastic measures, right? So has the government been involved in stuff like that before? Yeah, a bunch of times where they incite people. And then next thing you know, you have a full-on war. And then they back them by giving them weapons. And then what happens later on is that that, that same group that they incited, that they, that they chose to help fight that war or start that war, what do they do? They end up using those weapons and they try to fight us. They start trying to fight us. And next thing you know, you get an Al-Qaeda and, um, or an ISIS. That's how these things happen. You know, it backfires eventually. Sometimes it just backfires. But Mexican officials, you know, they must, they got to finally face down the drug lords, man. They got to eliminate their ability to operate with impunity for, for sure. It's just, it just needs to be done because if they become a narco state, then we're really in trouble. And in the U.S., prosecutors and regulators, they need to crack down on the financial institutions that are getting rich by laundering billions in drug money for the cartel kingpins. Simple. And I'm sure a lot of those are your friends, Trump. I'm pretty sure of it. That's just how it works. The world works like that. And uh, our elected officials in, in Congress, they, they must get serious about securing our border to stop both drug and human trafficking. Not just drugs. So... There's this guy, uh, John, John Davidson, uh, he's a border expert, and he had recently wrote in the Federalist that Mexico is now on a trajectory to become a vast gangland governed more by uh, warlordism than the state, you know, by drug warlords. And the last time this happened was a century ago, during the decade-long Mexican Revolution, which eventually triggered the invasion and occupation of northern Mexico in 1916 by the U.S. Army. He noted that before it was over, U.S. forces attacked and occupied Nogales, Sonora in 1918 and Ciudad Juarez in 1919, right? So, while a modern invasion by U.S. forces may not be imminent, it's now unthinkable. It's not unthinkable. Following the brutal murder of the nine Americans in Sonora, President Trump had tweeted that America stood ready to help the Mexican government eradicate the cartel threat. So the thing that gets to me is that there haven't been a threat before, but all of a sudden nine Americans get killed and now, now, it's, now it's a threat. They've been killing Mexicans for years. It's never been a threat to us, right, all of a sudden? So it's like this, this is the time, but it is true, like I said, it's this is the time that we need to take into consideration that there's a lot of hidden things beneath all of this stuff. But why we have, first off, is why we haven't gotten involved before, why we're getting involved now, and what the dangers are. I mean, Trump also said, this is the time for Mexico, with the help of the United States, to wage war on the drug cartels and wipe them off the face of the earth. That will never happen. You will never eradicate the cartel because that would take away all kinds of things that the government utilizes. This drug war hasn't been a drug war for this long for nothing. Obviously, they utilize that for something. But it will take more than tweets to address the lawlessness that has not just plagued Mexico, but has directly fueled the illegal immigration, the gang violence, and the drug problems that are facing America. Our elected leaders should spend more time and energy dealing with the dire security threats on the U.S.-Mexico border and less time looking for new nations to invade or regiments to overthrow in the Middle East. We got no business in the Middle East. Has anybody seen those videos where these uh, soldiers are just, they're killing uh, innocent Americans, I mean innocent uh, bystanders from other countries and they're just laughing about it while they're watching these cars blow up and innocent people are getting shot I mean we wonder why they hate us right why these people want to wage war on our country it's because we we get involved when we're not supposed to get involved and we we don't do what's right we do what we want and never what's needed so we need to figure out what kind of coverage and what kind of I mean we have equipment that's state of the art you know you have um, we have drones 
and I don't mean the drones that fly way up in the sky like the UAVs I mean like drones like the ones that you see regular people flying around and they all they have to do is is get them to to run on some kind of uh, most of the drones right now they run 20 minutes on a battery so I'm pretty sure there's a capacity or the capability to make a drone that will fly for longer times and patrol that area itself and um, swap it up with the uh, heat seeking capability so that way it can pick up on anything that uh, resembles an adult or a child and that way it can tip off uh, authorities so authorities can go immediately there and and pick up those people that are that are doing what they're doing but you know you see armed people this it has to be like a coalition some kind of a team up where the americans and the mexican uh, cops and the border patrol and all everybody down there can both engage uh, anyone that's armed that should be allowed that you can just engage an armed any anybody who's armed from that side near our border should be engaged fully and there shouldn't be any question about that you shouldn't be armed by our borders period you shouldn't be armed just in general out there i mean there's you have no business there at the border it's illegal to cross over and um, there's no reason for you to have a weapon posted up at the border and for all you vigilantes out there who are you know going after the hispanics and popping the water and all that's that's unnecessary you know what i'm saying leave that to the professionals you can sit your ass home and and avoid you from getting heat stroke out there chasing down hispanics when they're fucking not even running across the border they're going underneath in that nine mile tunnel that they built as far as the tunnels go um i would suggest um putting some seismic readers out there you know that can read any anything that's being drilled or and they can they can figure out oh you know this is happening you know like the ones they use for earthquakes to record sounds like that get something like that put it around the border so we can detect uh, people out there you know, maybe monitor steps or, or just stuff, things that there's a there's a bunch of shit. Seriously, how the fuck did you find uh, Osama bin Laden? But you can't stop these motherfuckers from crossing the border. That doesn't make any sense. So we have equipment, we have resources, we have the CIA, we have uh, the NSA, we have all this shit, right? But you can't handle your border. There has to be something. Because it's going to become a bigger problem. And next thing you know, it's going to be right at our doorstep. You're going to be eating at a fucking Chick-fil-A. And these guys are just going to walk in there and fucking start shooting everybody in there to get one guy. Because they don't care. Everybody's collateral damage to them. All they want is that guy. And to set an example. Because the more people they kill, the more chaos they construct. The more powerful they feel and the more powerful they look. I mean... You watch enough videos of people getting chopped up and hacked up and, and while they're fucking still alive, you know, you, you eventually you're like, holy shit, you don't want to get caught by that guy. So, you know, they use fear as a tactic. Fear is like their greatest thing. They're spreading people's body parts all over when they kill somebody. They chop up seven fucking people and just dump their heads and legs everywhere. Nobody wants to see that shit. The Mexicans don't want to see it, but they have no choice because they have nothing to defend them and nothing coming, you know, to liberate them. And we don't want that spilling over here because that's just not something I want to see. I don't want to see some fucking body parts all over the damn street because these guys are trying to set an example. And I live way the fuck out here in Washington, so honestly... To me, it doesn't affect me directly, but indirectly it does because I care about the community and I care about the people and I, I wouldn't want people to have to see shit like that, especially kids, to have to see somebody's head just mutilated and fucking laying there. I mean, like I said, I've watched myself a bunch of videos that they used to post on this website because I was curious, what do they do? And I've seen them strap... Um, military grade explosives to these people's chest and they watch them just blow up and they laugh about it and um i watched this one like i said this video where this this dude was hanging upside down and they start 
First they start cutting this man's penis off and then they start cutting his neck off with this dull fucking knife. It's just taking time too. It's it's not instantaneous. They're just hacksawing away. You know, I saw that on a video. There's there's Mexican people out there that see that shit live all the time. Why we aren't there? Why the United States isn't getting involved in stuff like that? I don't understand why the people of America are not getting involved in stuff like that. Like, you're not being informed. You're not being told the truth. You know, they're they're hiding that stuff from everyone. So we don't we don't know. So you got these people saying, "Go back to your country, Mexican." They don't even fucking understand you. I want to see you live over there, motherfucker. You're telling people to go back to their country. You still gotta remember that this was Mexico. So what country are we talking about? People need to bite their tongue and be more informed and be more involved, especially here in the United States. Involve yourself. Stop being a coward and hide talking shit behind a fucking closed door. Go back to your country. Like, get informed. Get involved. Fuck, because it's just, I'm telling you, man. We didn't even, let's say 9-11 was real because I'm one of those people that doesn't believe that it's real. But let's just say that they, these people actually came in and did all that stuff and learned how to fly planes. Let's just believe for fucking argument's sake that that did really happen the way they they planned it. What's going to stop them from coming across Mexico border? Right? How do we know what they didn't come from that way? They can't stop, stop any illegals coming now. How are you going to stop? these terrorists from coming across the border the drugs make it across just fine obviously that's how they're funding their stuff but anyway let's take a break and then we'll conclude this episode of our crisis at the border you are listening to the open-minded podcast with your host lucas mariscal Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Lucas Mariscal, and uh, here we are at Open Minded, um, talking about uh, our border safety and security and, um, and how we're not really taking a good look at that. And, you know, just to reiterate a lot of the things that we were talking about, um, you know, we'll take it back to, to the incident in October, you know, where... These uh, these uh, cartel guys were holding this these cities hostage, uh, pretty in Culiacan, uh, in the state of Sinaloa, and it was broadcast live on TV and social media, uh, raising fears, you know, about failure in the security strategy of the president. And um, you know, that night uh, there was only eight people that that got killed, but still, you know, there were several more corpses that were found. After that, and, um, you know, they're pretty much giving in to terrorists. I get it. You know, you want to try to try to do things peacefully, and you got to think about the people. I totally understand that. But at the same time, you know, you got to think that yet almost a year into the office, since he took office, and the homicide rates continued to grow at record levels of more than 3,000 a month. So while... There are horrific incidents like gunmen ambushing and killing 13 police officers in the state of Michoacan. You know, there's just, there's a lot of catastrophic effects on Mexico because of this drug war. You know, but the answer is definitely not to give in to drug cartels who can hold major cities and residents under siege at any given time. And the idea of drug policy reform and legalizing some drugs and providing better treatment for addicts you know, it's only to reduce the resources going to cartels and, and kind of like stop their rule of terror. But it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that that the problem in Mexico over the past decade is not only the government that has cracked down on traffickers by, you know, burning opium and marijuana fields. But it's also that the cartels have had, you know, their billions to build paramilitary forces. And who, who's able to stop that? No one. So it's not it's not just a war on drugs, but it's also a war finance by drugs and that war doesn't doesn't even stop it doesn't stop the government even if the government is not attacking them so but like you know there was a uh, i think in the new york times lopez obrador has said that um, you know he said that uh, 
he rightly inherited that problem. But when you think about it, there was a massacre of 72 migrants. There was a disappearance of those 43 students at one point. And, uh, you know, cartel gunmen shooting down a military helicopter and then a mass grave with over 250 skulls in it. Yeah, that, that's, not, that's not an excuse, you know, from the fact that they need to, they need to confront this because it's starting to become a hu humanitarian crisis, right? And, you know, I think the president appears like if he's struggling to win the support of, the, you know, of his security forces because, you know, he created like a new National Guard to bolster troops. But uh, many of its members, that, you know, occupied stopping Central American refugees and migrants from, you know, reaching the United States. So what's the point of that? You know, federal police officers blockaded streets in the protest against uh, being forced to join the National Guard and saying they would, you know, lose pay and benefits and... You know, and it's like, it's just been, it's just been an unhappy time for, um, for a lot of people down there. And, um, but he needs to try to kind of rally support from his forces and he, he needs to send out a clear message that criminal groups cannot ambush and murder people. And he needs that these forces, you know, he needs his forces to reduce the homicide rate and stop, you know, criminals from openly taking control of cities. Um, at the same time, his government could lead a more, you know, coherent plan for drug policy reform. But at the end of the day, you know, what are they really doing? It's been a long time coming. It's been, you know, the United States also bears responsibility for this bloodshed because between 2007 and 2018, more than 150,000 firearms seized in Mexico were traced to the U.S. gun shops and factories. Where's your gun control at? Government, where's your gun control? How come you're not controlling those guns? You're over here worried about the stuff that's happening over here and our guns are making it to another country and destroying people's lives. You know, if serious American gun reform happens in the coming years, lawmakers should also listen to the gunshots over the Rio Grande. You know, reducing Mexico's body count is like it's a big job but if politics is for anything it should be to save lives right just talking about justice doesn't stop people from getting killed it doesn't stop bullets it doesn't stop cartel control it's not peace i mean it doesn't change a lot of things at the end of the day people are dying over there they're getting killed and we're just standing by doing nothing you know, look at how many things have happened here in the United States alone, all these uh, shootings and stuff, and these, uh, you know, mass school shootings. What has the government done except talk about it and talk about it and talk about it? Because at the end of the day, money walks. I mean, money talks and bullshit walks is what the saying is. That's why you got all these um, these gun, uh, the NRA fools all. You know, like, you can't take our guns away. Then you live in the fucking ghetto, motherfucker. You live in South Central for a fucking month or two. And then you fucking, you'll see if you still want guns. Because what, what is your one gun going to do against a bunch of fucking, you know, people, a bunch of gangbangers? One gun does shit. <laughs> An AR-15, you know, might stave them off a little bit. But at the end of the day, if they want you, they're going to come for you. They don't give a fuck. Guns or no guns, obviously. You see Chicago, all the people, you know, getting shot there. I mean, I grew up in South Central, so I know what it's like to get shot. Because I myself was shot, you know, coming out of a store. You know, I was like 14 years old. So, but I wasn't screaming, oh, we need gun, gun control. Back in those days either. I mean, I can't, I don't even care about, honestly, about owning a gun. And I don't really care if people own guns. I mean, you know, if that's what you want to do, then handle it. Do what you got to do. But it's it's just, it's not for me. <clears throat> you know, I don't I don't care to own one. You know, I, I've gone to the ranges and shot a couple of times, but, you know, guns for me, it's like, ah. I'd rather have a little um, bow and arrow 
because um, <laughs> you're, you're gonna remember that arrow stuck in your fucking leg or stuck in your throat <laughs> before you you know what I mean before you remember that bullet or that gunshot wound <laughs> so let's say you take that arrow out of your ass <laughs> but anyhow yeah that's where we're at that's where we're at nowadays is that we're stuck between doing the right thing and it's always because of some politics bullshit that we somehow have to like let's talk about it let's see what the people think fuck no let's do the right thing they should have been stopped the cartel a long time ago they should have never let it get that big that makes no sense that's like watching well they kind of did you know let Osama get to where he was let him get as big as he did and help him get as far as he did and then you know and then quote-unquote the 9-11 thing happens right who knows i mean at the end of the day it's like it's almost as if they need certain things to happen in order for them to kind of like go in there you know without restraint without anybody complaining i mean what would it take right for the united states to be able to just go in there and do shit in another country it has to be a bunch of americans getting killed it has to spill into our land before you know we can just go in there and just fuck shit up but then what all of a sudden we put a do we put a, a base there too <laughs> a u.s embassy a base of the military just like they did in guantanamo and cuba and all that shit i mean what do we start doing putting prisons there too no man we gotta do something about that i don't i don't i don't understand how we're in everybody else's fucking business 24 7 all up in someone else's country trying to tell them how to run shit how to do things how to you know for what when the shit that's right down the border right not even too far we're not doing anything about we're just ignoring it well you guys need to be a little bit more tougher on the, the cartel knowing damn well that mexico's been struggling with that shit forever i mean these dudes got unlimited money unlimited i mean look at pablo escobar how long it took for them to catch him and what does that do at the end of the day he was a hero to most of them most of those guys are heroes to people especially to the the people that live in the ghetto sections because you know they give money they build things they do things they make themselves look like these saints and then they become martyrs but you know governments are always to blame it doesn't matter whether it's here or there in afghanistan there's always some government entity behind some bullshit you know where it's just like nobody comes together unified and tries to come up with one solution it's just always a struggle <clears throat> it's always everybody trying to figure stuff out or or waiting till it's too late you know like like with hitler i mean that dude the damage that he did and he was going worldwide <laughs> i mean what if the cartel just decided to say you know what let's go a little bit further let's see how much further we can go what's to stop them nothing with some border patrol agents with what some handguns some shotguns maybe well maybe somebody will bring you know some military weapons oh maybe the people from the base right there from Camp Pendleton might go over there and give their lives and lose their lives on American soil because our government decided to sit back and wait until this fucking problem escalated and the cartel took over 80 what is it 83 86 percent of, of of Mexico that makes no sense why would you why would you get to that point and like I said man if you don't if you don't know what <clears throat> these guys are capable of you need to watch that cartel land because watching that documentary blows your mind. The things that these guys do without even fucking hesitation. Like they need a thrill of killing people. They're worse than the gangs. And here in, in, in uh, the United States. And there was, I, I think they had, I think Los Cetas is, a lot of them is made up of gangbangers from, from uh, Los Angeles and down South California. So who do you think spreads the drugs over there? You know, they're in and out. I mean, those guys, they got papers. Not, nothing can stop them. They're American citizens. So 
who's going to stop them from bringing in and out contraband? And then now they got drones flying, flying drugs over. <laughs> like they always come up with something. There has to be a way. How do we have all this security around places like Area 51 or military bases and, or the White House? How do they have so much security at these places, right? Yet we can't secure our border, which is the most important thing to all to a better life for us and for you know for the Mexican people why 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 can't we help them why can't we why don't we ever show love to them you know they they live in poverty and and stuff like that we're sending all this food to to Africa right i mean billions of money for food but i, I don't never see any changes over there so i don't know how much it costs to feed somebody who's dying but where the hell is all that money going or that aid that we're so-called sending over there why, why aren't we sending that to our neighbors right here to the mexican people to help them out because you know three thousand people a month are dying getting killed chopped up mutilated shot up fuck that melted in vats of acid alive burned to death alive buried to death alive skinned alive tortured yeah, and we're allowing that. But let's go, let's go fuck up um, Saddam Hussein. Some fucking body, right? <laughs> Makes no sense. But let's let these cartel guys do whatever the fuck they want. That's just my opinion. You know, that's why it's open-minded, man. You speak your mind, whatever you think. There's no right, there's no wrong. There's only true facts and some justice. And I think that, that they're all justice. So that's going to conclude the show for today. And, um, you know, thank everything for, thank you all for listening. And I hope you enjoyed that.